I purchased my first house, which I rehabbed and made a, you know, a, a good $8,000 profit, which I was, I was happy with at, um, at 27 years old. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I'd check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show all about giving you the best advice ever, none of the fluff. We've interviewed lots of successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs from Barbara Corcoran, who's on Shark Tank, to Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And today, we're going to tell all of them to move over because we've got a two-time air hockey world champion with us, Ehab Shukri. How you doing, Ehab? Hey, Joe. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure, my friend. And like I mentioned, he not only is a real estate investor, but he's a two-time air hockey world champion and i can confidently say you are the first person i've interviewed on the show who can claim that so congratulations <laughs> thanks thanks appreciate it he's also dabbled in real estate at the age of 27 but got serious this year and has purchased and this is gonna blow your mind eight rentals in four months so we've got to know how he's doing that he's based in houston texas his target price range is fifty-five thousand with Monthly rent around 1100 His whole goal is maximizing the cash on cash return. And you can say hi to him at his website, rockethousebuyers.com. And you need to go there for nothing else. Check out the guy in the suit with a, a rocket pack on his back, zooming over a $100 bill. I, I think that is by far one of my favorite website pictures I've come across on from my guests. So you got to check that out if you haven't already Googled it while I was talking. And lastly, 
wish him happy birthday because today is his birthday. We've got all sorts of unique things coming out with this interview. So looking forward to having a conversation with Ehab. Yeah, Joe, me too. Thanks very much. So with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I, I currently am working in corporate America as a consultant, but, you know, doing a lot of traveling, but making sure, you know, really to, to focus on my long-term goal, which is real estate investing. I first got started in 2002. I was 27, got caught up in the whole late night infomercial buzz, the, you know, the Ron Legrand days and, and things like that. I was excited about seeing people waving checks on TV for, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000. And so that really was my initial exposure. And, you know, thinking to myself, part of my world champion air hockey competitive mindset, if, you know, if these people can do it, so can I. And within a month of, you know, doing research and learning about real estate investing, I purchased my first house, which I rehabbed and made a, you know, a, a good $8,000 profit, which I was, I was happy with uh, um, at 27 years old. I was able to do a few more rehabs after that over the next two years. And then... But, you know, it was really it was really a hobby at that time. I was young. I felt like I had a lot of time ahead of me. So just making an extra twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year through rehabbing was it was exciting and was was enough for me, um, certainly at that time to supplement my salary. You know, I took a long break from from real estate investing after that. And it wasn't until this year that I decided you know, I got, I got hungry. I got the, you know, the entrepreneurial seizure and I realized, I, you know, this is really what, what I want to do uh, as far as real estate investing goes. And so I hired a mentor at the beginning of the year. She was really good. She was actually more of a mentor coach. So she was good about meeting with me weekly and really just kind of pushing me and guiding me along the journey and started out wholesaling, was quickly able to do a couple of wholesale deals and just as quickly was able to figure out that I don't really like wholesaling. I certainly respect and appreciate people who do wholesale, but you know, just for me, listing houses, putting them on the market, Craigslist, the whole you know piece to that that I was doing as far as wholesaling goes, and you know, I can't really say I enjoyed it too much, especially starting out rehabbing. I really like taking an old dilapidated house and fixing it up and, and turning it into kind of a new product. So, But wholesaling was great because it helped me learn how to find deals. Um, I was actually farming MLS. I hired a virtual assistant, which was another benefit of the mentor that I hired. I mean, she had a VA program where she was able just to kind of plug me in with a VA and start making offers on MLS. So that's what we did. We were making 30 offers a day four days a week and on Monday through Thursday and on Fridays, we would follow up with all the realtors who didn't respond to us, which was, you know, a pretty substantial amount. But that was able to get me deals. I mean, I was able to get some deals. I wholesaled a few. And when I got to my fourth wholesale deal, as I was about to wholesale it for a nice $10,000 profit, which again was, was, you know, a good chunk of change, my mentor said to me, well, let's hold on a second here. You have this really is a great house in a great up and coming area. The house was listed on MLS for 85. I had it under contract for 56. And she said, um, you know, this is this is one of those deals where, you know, you might want to consider keeping this house and starting to build your portfolio. And I had, you know, kind of a buyer on the hook to, to wholesale it for, like I said, a nice $10,000 profit. But I pulled back the reins and I said, you know what, I think I am going to actually keep it. And so I did. I kept it. Uh, I put just a very little amount of work into it, doing some paint and carpet, and quickly was able to uh, lease it for $1,000 a month. And that was really my first exposure into this price point 
of, you know, I guess people are calling them lower income housing, but you know, this, this price point where I'm, I'm buying houses, you know, for around 55, anywhere from 52 to $55,000. And they're very easily getting a thousand to $1,100 a month in rent. So many questions. So thank you for going through that and the progression. First, how many years between your 27 and when you got back going again? So from 27 and, and today I'm officially 40. So I guess I would say, you know, 12 to 13 years. You know, I had some life events. I, I had I got a divorce. And so, you know, definitely your, your financial infrastructure kind of falls apart during that time. and You're not really able to do real estate deals. So that kind of set me back for a little while. And, you know, like I said, this year is when I really felt like I, I was ready financially, emotionally to really kind of get back into the game and, and you know, really make a go at this. So you hired a mentor, consultant, or coach, and one of the things that you did was you hired a virtual assistant and started making offers on the MLS. And you said, you are you still making this, the 30 offers a day, four days a week? So I'm not, uh, just as of recently, because I, you know, I was getting away from wholesaling, and I wanted to be more, you know, more, more diligent in evaluating the deals myself. My, my assistant was really just kind of making a lot of offers within a certain set of criteria that I gave her. But at the end of the day, I, I found myself having to constantly contact these realtors and, and go back and say, you know what, our offer was a little too high. It wasn't exactly what we want, or it, it might have been an area or a house that I didn't particularly want. And so when I was able to kind of refine my, my real estate palette um, through this process, I realized, you know, I think it's just better off if I make the offers myself and really target on the properties that I'm, I'm truly looking for. And are you a real estate agent? I'm not an agent, no. So how do you have access to the MLS? I have a friend of mine who is a real estate agent and she, you know, she kind of lets me go online or she'll sometimes send me some things that she thinks looks like a good deal that I would be interested in. And how do you make offers if you're not an agent, but you find it on the MLS? So I, I just send the, the agent an, an email. I'll send him an email and say, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the, in the property that you have listed on this address. I would like to make you an all cash offer of X. And um, what I've been doing lately is offering to meet them at the property. That way they know that I'm serious about really kind of buying this, this property. I, I think agents get a lot of emails from investors similar to what I was describing, where they just, you know, will send blanket emails and they, they end up really not being real, real buyers. And so I wanted to, to stand out from other investors in the market. And what do you look for whenever you are identifying properties on the MLS? So I'm looking for properties that, you know, you typically they're, they're three bedroom, two bath. I mean, I have some one and one and a half bath uh, properties as well. I like brick houses just for maintenance reasons. And I, you know, I target kind of the southeast part of Houston because I think it has potential for some, some growth in the future. And so this, this is the area of town that I like. I, I stay away from neighborhoods where um, they have, you know, ditches in the front yards. I mean, I, I much prefer a true neighborhood feel where, you know, you, you know, you kind of have an entrance to the neighborhood and sidewalks and, you know, that, that kind of, that kind of look and feel for a neighborhood. So that, that really is, is my focus. And certainly the price point too, is kind of something that I consider as well. How much were you paying the virtual assistant who is making 30 offers a day, four days a week? I was paying her eight ninety five a month. Eight, so nine hundred dollars a month. Right, nine hundred dollars a month, 
and there was no incentive for closing or not closing. She was just making 30 offers a day, four days a week. You know, I, I gave her a, a small bonus every time we closed a deal. How much was that bonus? 50 bucks. 50 bucks. And how many deals did you close with her, roughly, if you remember? Yeah, I closed three deals with her. And those were wholesale deals, or was that one of them that uh, 85K MLS property that you had under contract for 56? Three wholesale deals, and then the fourth one was that was the property for 85K. Got it. And with the homes that you have now, you said you've got four homes, or excuse me, eight rentals in four months. Are they all all cash offers on each of these eight that you've purchased? So the first two were all cash offers that in the end turned around to to become finance deals where I, I actually financed them by putting 20% down. The last six I bought came from a, um, a realtor relationship I built Again, going through through the experience I had on MLS, I, I was actually um, reaching out to a realtor about a property he had listed on auction, and he came back and said, you know, you don't want that property. It's got $10,000 of foundation work. You're really not interested in it. Oh, but by the way, I do happen to have a six-house package deal here that's not on MLS that I just got on my um, plate, and I've sent it out to two investors already. They're dragging their feet. Um, one guy is, you know, kind of you know, hemming and hawing about it. So if you want to, you know, take action and jump on these six houses, then then here's an opportunity to pick up a great cash flowing, you know, portfolio. And what were the numbers around that six house package? So the six house package, the numbers on that were uh, purchase price was 320,000. And uh, all six houses um, are uh, currently rented. They they rent for just just under $6,000 a month. Um, and four of those six houses are, have section eight tenants in them. So, um, the, I mean, it's, and it's a pretty amazing program. I mean, for, for two of them, the, the rent on them is a thousand dollars a month and the city pays nine fifty of that. And the tenant only has to pay 50 bucks on two of those, uh, four section eight houses. And, and, and that goes direct deposits. The section eight payment goes direct deposit into your bank account on the first of, of the month, every month. And what type of financing did you use for that package? So for this package, I, I used a, a small local bank here in, in Houston, um, and they were able to give me a, um, a 80% loan. I, I came with 20% uh, out of pocket, and I have a 5% interest rate with a 15-year amortized loan. With all these properties, now that you've got eight rentals, and they're all single families, right? All single family, yep. Yeah, with these eight rentals, are you managing them or did you hire a management company? So I am managing them now. The first two that I acquired, the, the first one, the first two I got off MLS, you know, I'm, they're lower income um, areas, but I was able to find tenants who, um, you know, gave me a full month's security deposit. They're, like I said, the one's paying a thousand, one's paying a thousand fifty a month on those, on those first two. They're all paying through online bill pay which I set up. So, I mean, they're maybe a more sophisticated quality uh, class of tenant. And, and so it, I'm not having to, you know, knock on doors to, to collect rent. And, and you really go through a lot of hassle to try to, to manage those properties. What's been the biggest challenge of these? And I know it's only been four months, but so far, what's been the biggest challenge of the, the eight units that you're renting and managing? 
Yeah, I mean, I would say the biggest challenge I've had is a couple of surprise, you know, maintenance repair issues, you know, some underground plumbing that I found out after the fact needed to be replaced. And and that required me to do a little bit of, you know, digging and tunneling under the foundation to get that fixed. But, you know, just like anything, if you hustle hard enough, I, I think you can you can find ways to to solve these problems. And that's really at the end of the day, what you know, what I, I see my role to be is a, is a problem solver. When you're talking about digging underground, were you the one digging underground? Or did you hire a, a company to do that? No, no, I don't dig. I don't dig. <laughs> but I did, um, <laughs> I did make some connections. Uh, I found a guy who, whose brother works for you know these excavation companies that do the digging. And so they were, he was able to kind of on the side bring folks in, excavate, bring in a licensed plumber, take care of the problem. And I fixed it at probably a third of the price of what you know, a professional plumbing company that I, I originally spoke with would, would have charged me. What exactly was the problem and how much did it cost? The problem was that the the draining under the house for in one, in the, one of the bathrooms for the, the toilet and the tub was completely rotten. It was cast iron plumbing under the house had rotten through to where the, you know, the roots from the, the trees and the plants underneath there were, were in the plumbing. And it wasn't allowing the toilet and the tub to drain. It would, they would just kind of back up with really dirty water. And that, coincidentally, didn't happen until a week after I purchased the house. And, you know, interesting fun fact, actually, on this particular house, I purchased it on a Friday. I put it on Craigslist for rent that afternoon. And by Saturday morning, the next day, I had a tenant moving in. So I didn't have a whole lot of time to really rehab or do too much to this house. There were some little things I wanted to do. And I I probably would have brought a contractor in just to kind of do more of a a look over on the house. But I I didn't have time because I, I literally had a tenant move in within 24 hours of me closing on that property. But I did, so the cast iron plumbing was rotten. I had to bring in, like I said, that excavation company and a plumber in. And I overall, I paid uh, $3,000 to get it fixed. Was this part of the, the six package homes? No, or was this, it was, a separate uh, one? this was the second one I bought. The second one you bought. Okay, got it. When you're looking at the type of repairs that are needed like that, does the house inspector that you use typically find that stuff or was that not part of their scope of work? You know, in that particular case, you know, it was underground and I I just, it just didn't come up in the inspection. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you try to do everything that you can right to make sure you avoid these types of surprises but at the end of the day, I think, you know, you're, they're, they're bound to happen. And that's why you, you get this good advice from people to say, you know, if you're going to be a, a landlord, make sure you have some cash reserves to be able to, you know, to be able to take care of these types of surprises. What's next for you? Where's your business headed? So what's next is I made a goal this year of acquiring 10 rental properties. And it was really, at the time, what I thought to be a outrageous goal. I think I had been listening to and, I, and his name is, is failing me now, but he's the, the guy who, who has the 10X rule. Grant Cardone. Yeah, yeah, Grant Cardone. Exactly right. Yeah, he's been a guest on the show before. Awesome. Yeah, he's exciting to listen to and, and very motivating. But I figured I was just getting started in real estate investing. Let's acquire, um, you know, let's be happy if we acquire one rental property a year or one rental property this year. And then Grant came on and I said, well, let me 10X that. And so I did. And, you know, surprisingly, I mean, it just it's happening. I have eight properties already. 
I'm actually about to acquire my ninth one next month. It's from the the daughter of the guy who I bought the, the six houses from. He moved to Austin, so that's actually why he was selling these six houses. He just didn't want to manage them anymore here in, in Houston. And his daughter also moved as well, so she had one rental property in the same area. And that one also is a great deal. I'm buying it for 52000 and it rents for 1100 a month completely rehabbed already. And the lady who lives there actually works for the Houston Housing Authority. So she's on Section 8, but she works for the Houston Housing Authority. So, you know, again, a solid tenant. She's been there since 2012. So um, I'm going to hit those 10 houses this year for sure. That's definitely the plan. And then, you know, pretty quickly, I have access to some guys who, that you know, they, they have confidence in me. They want to put their money into real estate. And so I think the next steps are going to be looking at some multifamily deals and really being able to build up this portfolio quickly so that I can really make a, a career out of this. Ahab, what's the best real estate investing advice ever? I think the best real estate investing advice ever is, you know, be persistent you know, you're, you're the only one really who is going to control your destiny. And so don't give up. You're going to run to problems along the way. But if you're persistent and you, 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 know, you have a, a strong vision and a strong goal, none of those will matter because at the end of the day, you will be determined to succeed. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. What's the best ever book you've read? I would have to say The One Thing. It's one of the ones I, I recently read. And it really helped me to change my perspective on trying to multitask and do you know a thousand things at one time and do a thousand things poorly and instead focus on really the one thing that I need to be focusing on to help boost my career and my, my business kind of in the in the right direction in the next step. Great book and fantastic author or co-author Jay Papazan. He's been on the show. You can check out his episode, episode 212. And by the way, Grant Cordone's episode is episode 190. If you want to learn more about the 10x rule and how he used a video LOI to make millions of dollars on a deal. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? Hmm, let's see. I would have to say probably having children, uh, if, that's, if that's considered a growth experience. And what I've learned from that is, is patience. You know, it's, I think patience is an important quality to have just because, again, I think within real estate investing, you're going to run into so many challenges. And sometimes taking a deep breath and just being patient and thinking about, um, you know, keeping things in perspective and thinking about what, what do I need? I know this is a problem. It was unexpected, but what do I need to do to fix it? Same thing with my kids when they act up. What do I need to do to really help teach them the right way to behave and teach them the right lesson? I think they kind of work hand in hand. Best ever deal you've done? Definitely the six package deal. That one's the one that's taking my investing career really kind of to that next level. And I think even currently having a, a you know a job right now in corporate America, I mean, just these, these six houses along with the other two that I have, I mean, they've, they've made a nice little raise for the year. I mean, as far as my salary goes. What's the best ever way you like to give back? 
I would say I certainly donate financially to um, a lot of causes here in Houston and to, to you know people who really you know need need money to help them. But probably I give back the most and the best way through teaching others. I try to uh, attend the real estate investing groups that we have here in Houston. I I try to talk with people and keep them motivated, share my, share my story with them. That seems to keep people motivated just just talking about my story and you know what's out there, what people are capable of doing. And so that that's probably the best way I've been able to give back. And what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Not getting started sooner. I mean, definitely again, now I get, at 40 years old, I feel like I'm way behind especially hearing guys who are 22 and, and 25 talk about real estate that they've purchased and are, are already, you know, kind of free from the rat race and, and on their own investing. And so the, I wish, if anything, I would have started this and continued with it when I started, first started investing when I was 27 years old. And what's the best ever place to reach you? Best ever place to reach me would probably be through email. And that's going to be at ehab, E-H-A-B, at rockethousebuyers.com. Well, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and talking through your progression of properties. And really, you just you flipped the switch with your mindset once you were, were ready after some life circumstance took place. But once you're ready, as you said, it's about being persistent and only you control your destiny. And what I would add to that as I was listening to you, and I'm sure you would agree, is stretch yourself on your goals as well, because your goal initially was a couple, one or two, and then it turned to 10 as you got more inspiration and combined with some case studies of how others have done it. And lo and behold, you got one, you got two, then you got six, and now you have eight, and now you're closing on nine through the connection that you, you had with the, the previous transactions. And that's just how it works. That really is from what I've seen with previous guests and my my own career. So really like how you got into the details of the first two all cash offers, then you did a twenty percent down with a traditional with a with a lender. Then as you said, you used a small bank in Houston and you had five percent interest rate with fifteen year amortization on those and then how you do the maintenance and repairs through your contractors and you manage the properties yourself. I think that's really interesting and it'll be interesting to see where you go from here um, as you continue to to buy the properties and rent them out and uh, how that management scales and kind of what that evolves into. So thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your advice and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Take care. 